0: If you have your Bibles, if you would open them up to the book of Isaiah, chapter 52. We'll be in Isaiah 52 and 53 today. If you're using the Bibles on the benches, if you don't have one, there's Bibles on benches. If if you don't have a Bible, you can use one of those. If you don't own a Bible, you can keep that one. We're going to be on page 613 if you're using one of those Bibles. We are in the season of of Christmas, and that means for the church, we call this time the the season of, of Advent. Advent literally means the arrival of a notable person or a notable event. And so for us, when we read the Bible, it's divided in Old Testament and New Testament. So in the Old Testament, the notable uh, arrival of a person is they were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for a king who would come, set them free from their their bonds of slavery. They were looking for a king to come who who would then establish a kingdom. And, of course, we know that that king that came was the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He didn't come in the way they expected, uh, but he still came. He didn't free them from the bonds of the Egyptians or the Babylonians or the Assyrians or even of the Romans, but, but freed them from the slavery they had to sin. But for us, Advent is, is like a double-edged sword. Uh, we look back to the past, at the arrival of Jesus as a baby, as, 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 a, as a Savior who saved us from our sins. But we also look forward to, to the, this next Advent, this next arrival, when Christ, we believe, will come again to establish His kingdom in its fullness. Over these four weeks of Advent, we look at different themes throughout Scripture, uh, and, and this year throughout Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, concerning Advent. So last week we focused on the theme of hope, of how Israel's hope was for a savior, a king to come to save them from their enemies and establish a kingdom. Today we are focusing on the theme of love. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 52 and 53. We're not going to read all of it. We're not going to talk about all of it. We're going to take little selections of of each chapter. So we're going to begin in chapter 52 in verse 7 how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who publishes peace who brings good news of happiness who publishes salvation who says to zion your god reigns the voice of your watchmen they lift up their voice and together they sing for joy for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Let's jump down to Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse 1. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, speaking of the king, of of, of the king who's going to bring salvation, for he grew up before him, that him is God. So the king grew up before God like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement, That brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your word proclaim and that your spirit takes that and work in the hearts of your people. So, Father, we pray for the churches in our community, in our state, in our world that are are doing that. We pray for churches like First Baptist and for Memorial, for Watershed and Cove, who are proclaiming your message today. We pray, Lord, that people will hear your word and take heed to it. And we pray that for ourselves as well. Father, we pray for our church body and we celebrate, O oh Lord, for new life and babies who are born healthy into this world in our church. We thank you, O oh Lord, for new jobs that were started. And Father, we also pray for those who are struggling with news that, that wasn't as joyous. We've got news of... of pain or strife, or we just pray that you comfort them and you let the church surround them with that comfort as well. Be with us now as we dive deep into your word. May we dwell richly in it, O Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at Isaiah chapter 52 and 53, we are looking today at the love of God. And I see three things about the character and the nature of, of God's love in these passages. First, I think we see that God's love is surprising. We see that God's love is also sacrificial. And we see that God's love is songworthy. Yes, they all start with S's. I didn't want them to. That last point, I'm like, I should just say celebration, but songworthy just sounded better. But those are our three points today, that God's love is surprising, it's sacrificial, and it is song-worthy. So maybe I did want three S's, who knows. All right, so let's talk about God's love and how God's love is surprising. To do that, what we really need to have is a background of what's happening in this prophecy of Isaiah. I think one of the reasons why prophetic, prophetic literature is so intimidating to us it's because we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know the historical context. So if you've ever tried to read through the prophets, you, you probably needed like a support group when you're done because it's so heavy, the doom, the judgment. But we, we don't know why that judgment's being proclaimed. So let's get a little bit of background behind Isaiah, and especially Isaiah 52 and 53. So if you love history, you might like this. If not, just bear with me, all right? So so what was happening is we have to realize God's people uh, had two kingdoms in Israel, what we call Israel today. You had the northern kingdom of Israel. You had a southern kingdom of Judah. And both of these kingdoms came from, from Abraham's children. The northern kingdom of Israel was always more powerful, was always bigger. It, it consisted of... of tw- of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then you had the southern kingdom of Judah.